From Alderaan. From Alderaan. To Zenlaw. To Zenlaw. To Zenlaw. And whatever's left of Krypton. We are broadcasting live from the largest ship. From the largest from ship. The largest ship in the galaxy. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. Sanctuary One Radio. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. the last time we've been able to drive through the solar system like this this is this is relaxing this is nice it's uh, it's relaxing i also love this song this is my kill people song yeah yeah we ever talk about that no okay so i thought you were always a, a janitor no, no, no. So uh, whenever we got new hires, I would ask them a question. Yeah. And they said, well, you have to have like an icebreaker question. And I was just like, well, um, I always heard what's your favorite song or what's the blah. And I said, what if. Um, so I've changed the way every membership system works. Okay. To become a member of something. You have to kill the person in line ahead of you. Uh-huh. When you kill the person in line ahead of you, um, lightning shoots everywhere. You steal their power and a queen song plays. Um, I think I know. I'm what, following. I think I think you know where I'm going with that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but that's how you become. That's how you get in, in farther in line to become a member of something. Um, so uh, then somebody said, "Well, what if I wanted to do like ACDC's light, Thunderstruck?" And I was like, "You know what? That's oddly appropriate for the moment." So I appended it, appended uh-huh. it, addendumed it uh, to say you can pick any 80s like rock opera as long as it is oddly appropriate for the moment and mine was Stan Bush's The Touch (laughs) one because of Optimus Prime's transformation sequence in the original 1984 1986 movie Um, but also because it is oddly appropriate for the moment because as you have the touch you have the power yes I'm stealing someone's power ooh I see oddly appropriate for the moment okay alright um my queen song that I would pick if I was killing somebody, the the, the song that would play as I is was killing Bicycle, them. right? No, 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 no. Uh, is uh, Flash. Oh, yeah. Flash Gordon. Flash. 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 Ah, yeah. He saves every one of us, which is ironic because I'm killing people, right? <laughs> so, uh, but that is my, that was my uh, icebreaker question song. for new hires. Oh, okay. So. Uh, right. I was told I wasn't allowed to ask anymore, though. <laughs> is that, okay. Is that why you, is that why you joined us? Uh, that might be why I became a janitor. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. They won't let me train new hires. What about you, side? What as far as to us? my 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 what what yeah. brought me? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, copious amounts of sexual harassment lawsuits. That as that, well. <laughs> um, I I originally is that accurate? Is that true? Well, when you're when you're a Novacore drop washout. Yeah. Like and I use the term Novacore washout very loosely. I didn't even make it past like the entrance exams. Yeah. Uh, to even take the entrance exams, um, there's a lot of tests. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I was like, hmm, where can I go? Where uh, you know uh, my um, lack of effort will be appreciated. Mm. Um, 
And as far as we're, we're, we're concerned uh, with your song question, um, I think, uh, man, I feel like a woman. I think that's a good one for me. Um, Is that a rock opera? No, but it makes me feel good. So, so why so not? So it had to be an 80s rock opera. Oh, fine. Well, Isn't that like Shania Twain? Again, it makes me feel good. <laughs> it's a song. I mean, but power, okay, fine. I we mean, power do, to you, dude. I'm not judging. But, but we got okay, fine. We got to. You pick broke these. the rules. Okay, fine. I'll I'll fix it. 80s rock opera. Let me see. Like, it has to be a rock opera. It it has to be something that's you know rocky. You know, like not Rocky the movie, but you know Rocky. You know, like rock opera ish. Yeah. Uh, that's a hard one to choose. There's so many. There are a lot. Never said it was an easy question. I said it was a good question. It's a great icebreaker. It is a great icebreaker. Uh, I'll say, dude looks like a lady. I I guess. No, is that nineties? That's nineties, man. I uh, you know what? If you if uh, if you really want to go just that route, really good songs. I mean, I, if, if you want to go, don't read route, into man. it too much. No, 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 no. No, no. Uh, no, actually, if we if I had to say, I'd probably. I'd probably be like uh, "Wanted Dead or Alive" by Bon Jovi. That's a, that was one of my favorites, and that's like that's pretty epic. Yeah. And if I had to do a Queen one, um, uh, what is it? Uh, "Break Free." I've got to break free. It's a good one. I like that one. one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, those uh, I think uh, I from you know originally from uh, I've had friends from the Jersey area, and mm, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Bon Jovi is a big thing. Well, that's good. How about you? I was I was just a backup janitor on Sanctuary Two. I happened to ask for a transfer over to Sanctuary One, and of course, you saw what happened in Sanctuary Two. Yep. So, <clears throat> Sanctuary the dosing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it nice. got a missile in the face from Stark. Yeah. And uh, you know. They happened to approve my transfer papers about 30 minutes beforehand, and I just got teleported over there. I'm actually on the manifest as the last thing to move from Sanctuary 2 over to Sanctuary 1. Did they specify thing? I don't want to get into that right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, how about your, your song? Oh, my queen song? Uh, Somebody to Love. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining you killing people in that song playing. <laughs> Makes me happy. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. What's your what about your power ballad? Your... Oh my power ballad? I mine are all like recent. Mine's like Victorious by Wolfmother. I'm a big Wolfmother. Ah, that's a good one. Um uh, what, what what if Joker you had to pick eighties? Eighties? I don't know. I don't I'm not a Well, it doesn't even I don't think it has to be eighties. I think it has to be eighties style. So like an 80s rock opera kind of thing. I mean, again, like, if you can uh, find another song or genre that's oddly appropriate for the moment, I'm not about, I'm, I, I've already, you know, put, you know, like a, a, uh, a change to this. I don't mind making subsequent ones. Yeah. It's not like it's an official thing. It's not like it's written in like a, like a core rule book or something. Okay. I was putting one together. I guess I'll take that part out. I mean, that's, that's up to you. <laughs> Anybody that gets hired on Sanctuary One is like, uh, if you had to kill somebody in a Queen song, play. yeah, somebody to love. That's what I. That's <laughs> that's actually what got me my transfer. So clearly, your your icebreaker question has become part of the the core curriculum. Part of the core curriculum, Look mind down. you, it's the last question they asked. 
<laughs> yes, ever, ever. But, you know, it's a win. <laughs> what got you the job? Somebody to love. <laughs> okay. Uh man, that went on for a while. It did. So uh I <laughs> think got, we I think we, we broke the record of uh longest <laughs> intro weirdness. So hey everybody. Uh welcome to Sanctuary One Radio. I just wanted to see how long we could go just being weird. <laughs> I was it's thinking like, about keeping going, I was like, no. I just all... I just really loved your reaction to man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> I was like, what? It's Shania Twain. That is Shania Twain, right? I'm not gonna In terms no, of ad libbing. That's really good. He picked two songs <laughs> that are. <laughs> you had those. You whipped them right out. I feel like <laughs> a woman. You were like. And uh, what was the other I one? I was like, it makes me feel special. Um, man, I feel like a woman. Dude looks like a lady. Like looks a lady. Like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good in terms of ad lib. That's really good. Yeah. So fun. <laughs> uh, we're. Uh, <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about uh, if you didn't recognize the song that was coming in and yeah. the slight nod that I did to uh, the its original uh, kind of you like one of the very first uses of the song in like media, which is uh, the 1986 Transformers movie. Uh, and if you're not living underneath the rock, you know that very recently uh, in we the got month a Transformers of December's, movie. we got a Transformers movie. Um, I believe it's a non Michael Bay. It, I, I think it's Michael Bay produced Boombelby. Boombelby. I would have liked it was just B one one two seven. Yeah, actually, um, it would have been fine. No one would have got Boombelby. <laughs> Why is this called B one two seven? Find out. Right. So. Uh, Transformers. And if you've listened before, you know that I am a giant Transformers buff. Uh, it's like Wolverine and Transformers. Those are pretty much my two, like, fandoms. Uh, like, Wolverine was a Transformer, I think. Uh. <laughs> I think there's been issues where... Oh, I've, I've had the toys where, like, he flips into stuff, and I find that really fun, too. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, if Wolverine were a Transformer, I think I'd shoot myself. And... <laughs> I'd be like, well, find that. <laughs> I'm on it. Don't mind the smell. <laughs> is that coming out of your pants? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Don't, I would don't still mind like it that. at all. <laughs> I'll take that uh, toy. Uh, so I have to say, uh, obviously, um, we were, he- we were hesitant, hesitantly optimistic. Yes. Side <laughs> note. Uh, because his tag name was B127, I was frustrated for about 80% of the movie because all I wanted to say in the theater was to to lean over to you guys and go, are you ladies man 217? Yeah. <laughs> are you ladies man 217? Where are the glasses? <laughs> Where are the glasses? Um. That's all I wanted to do. But the numbers weren't in the right order. So it made, yeah. me, it made me sad. Um, but the thing that got me, it was like, uh, so in, in the movie, uh, it apparently is a prequel. Um, yes. Uh, I Which still is, haven't is found actually sad because I, I, I haven't found the it, article that I was that preferring it to that. be a reboot. I I would be very happy if it was a reboot. I if am, you were oh, living under a rock, you would assume this is a reboot, but the reality is that it's not. So um, they make they make um, a lot of shout outs to the original movies, um, uh, Michael Bay ones. 
But there's a lot of things that contradict things that happened in those movies. Yes. Like just open contradictions. Uh, like you know. 100% out of the closet contradictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one Easter egg that I did not catch. Uh, so um, uh, what's his name? From Sector 7, uh, the crazy guy. Uh, Totoro? Totoro, yes. Uh, so his character's name, uh, you know that one – there's that one uh, person who brings the oh uh, there's a report coming in to John Cena uh, that's apparently supposed to be his character younger of course oh um uh, so there's that connection so, there too uh there was an iteration early on where actually we actually did see Megatron in a scene that is no longer in the film Frozen in the Hoover Dam yes. Because our film is so self-contained and essentially it presupposes no knowledge of the Transformers, one of the things I was trying to do was leave little things for the fans that didn't get in the way of someone coming in and not knowing anything about the Transformers. That would get in the way of their appreciation and understanding of the film. Um, So there was supposed to be a scene of Megatron frozen in Hoover Dam. That they pulled. But it wouldn't have made sense to new moviegoers who had right. not seen that. So that could still leave before. room for it to be a reboot. <clears throat> Theoretically, yes. But it still feels very but much it feels like, like the director to put that scene intended in there. for mm-hmm. this to be a prequel. Right. So it, was, it makes me wonder how if how they'll react if reviewers say, hey, this would be a great area to just – or a great chance to reboot and re-energize this franchise if they'll take that to heart. Who knows? It would be. It, I think it'd be very. It'd be nice to see it. I'm not like like you were saying. I would be ecstatic if this was a reboot. I am happy, kind of, if it's a prequel. Yeah, and it looks like it is. It, 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 it's at, at this point intended to be a prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, there it, are there are a few things that don't make a lot of sense uh, in the beginning, like the fact that he's B one two seven. Uh, whereas everyone else is Optimus Prime or Cliff Jumper or Wheeljack or Ravage Ravage or Soundwave or Shockwave. Like, they all have names except for Bumblebee, who's a number, uh, an alphanumeric designation. B-127. They all call him that, too. That's what's so crazy. Yeah, even the bad guys. Uh, Well, that's his name. Unless he's that young. But it's my understanding in, in the Gen 1 universe that he and Cliffjumper come up at the same time. No, Cliffjumper's older. Cliffjumper is older. Okay. Yeah, uh, at least to my knowledge. So who he does is. he come up with then? Because I In the original G1, they don't really go into it. He's okay. he's the he's one of the youngest Autobots. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's implied to be very reckless. Cliffjumper, on the other hand, is uh brazen, I guess is a good way of putting it. Like he's, you know. He might be the smallest Transformer, but he's also one of the strongest. It also continued the trend of killing off uh, Transformers. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Jumper existed for... Super early. Like, Jazz died at the end, like, near the end of the 2000... Like, in the final boss fight in the 2007 Transformers movie. Yeah. Cliff Jumper just straight up, like, what, 20 minutes into the movie? Just gets sliced in half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, well, that, well, they're continuing the trend of ripping Autobots in half. Um, yeah. But that, that moment, I was just like, wow, they killed Cliff Jumper. Yep. Not like kind of killed Cliff Jumper, but hard killed Cliff Jumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at first, I thought they were just going to leave him there dying. Yeah. And they'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, Cliff Jumper could come back for that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so let's, the robots. Let's, let's kind of talk. Megatron um, came back from the bottom of the fucking ocean. Let's, let's talk about the, um, 
the uh, the kind of movie uh, as it pertains to. So before the movie came out, we had this trailer, uh, which was kind of like misleading into how they were going to portray uh, the human interaction between Bumblebee and uh, the main character. Yeah, there was like this weird like robo sexual tension between the two of them that I thought was kind of weird in the trailer. It seemed like he was going to be, there was like a weird romantic relationship almost with them. And that's just by and, the way it was cut. Yeah. And, and it didn't help that they cut out the only other like male protagonist from the trailer, from yeah. the trailer. Like he's not in it at all. Like any scene that he's in, just I didn't realize his character was even in the movie until the movie started. And we saw his character. I was like, Oh, okay. He's, you know, th- so that's the love interest. And then, then Bumblebee just, they, they became, um, like a, like a, it was just like a hard friend relationship. Yeah, like, yeah. Which like I think they were both completely okay being in the friend zone. This movie is free willy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the best. This, this best movie way is free willy. Uh, free willy. If free willy were a giant transforming robot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's uh, what I'm saying. This, that's the, in my opinion, is the reason it has a see, 94. For me, this on this felt more like ET. Okay, 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 okay. If E.T. were you. a giant transforming robot. I get you. Uh, he would not fit in that basket. Um, he is yeah. the basket. Fair enough. Think about it. Like, when it's, like, jumping over stupid stuff and doing crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, true. He he is that entire scene. Uh, like, so, let's talk about something that you really liked, Brian, and that is Transformers who transform. Finally. Surprise. Uh, I keep of the Transformers movie so far, the 2007 Transformers movie. I saw seven times in theaters. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, twice in IMAX, once on a separate continent. I saw um, Transformers two, six times in theaters. I'm sorry. Three times in IMAX. I'm sorry. Uh, once on a separate continent. I'm I saw sorry. the third movie five times in theaters. Yeah. And I saw the fourth movie three times in theaters, and one of them I was kind of guilt tripped into it. And the last movie I saw once. Yes. And not like I haven't like I haven't watched on DVD. I haven't watched it on. I've not watched it since iTunes. we watched it. In the I I just have not watched it until I saw since I saw it in the theater. And um, I normally say I become a five year old again as soon as it's on there. I don't I don't I don't expect Shakespeare. I want Peter Cullen's voice and giant transforming robots. That's all I want. And as long as I get that. I'm good. You were a little kid in, in the theater. Uh, I, I tell people, uh, I, if I watch, even if I'm sitting at home in my in, in my living room watching the original Transformers movie, the first time I see Optimus Prime transform, it still takes my breath away. The first time I see like a Transformer do something, like ah, gets me every time. Um, and like movie five, though, the last night, I was just like, why? Five year old me was like, why the is nothing transforming? Yeah. This is a Transformers movie. The only transformation I saw was Anthony Hopkins to the whatever the hell he was playing, <laughs> uh, which was amazing. I love that transformation sequence um, because Anthony Hopkins did his best not Anthony Hopkins impression I've ever seen. Um, and it was great. But the the rest of the movie, there was like, there was two transformations. Optimus Prime became Nemesis Prime for about three minutes. And then was suddenly like, oh, no, because Bumblebee was like, Optimus, no, because his yeah. voice box randomly miraculously fixed itself. But whatever. Now uh, that we know how it was broken, I'm like, really? Like, it's not broken. It's well, gone. Well, they fixed it a little bit at the with the with the interaction with the AllSpark at the end of Transformers 1 2007. Yeah. Um, 
because he says, I wish to stay with the boy. So his voice box works at the end of the 2007 movie, but apparently it didn't resonate as well with audiences, so it was broken again in the second movie. Um, Ratchet has, like, a throwaway line where he mentions, like, oh, it's malfunctioning again or something like that. I don't remember. But... um, but it wasn't malfunctioning. It like it was gone. gone. Well, the, that was brutal, by the way. The, yeah. the oh yeah, it was. Uh, and I I meant to look at the, the credits, but that character looks exactly like Starscream, Starscream but yeah. is never identified as such. In yes. fact, none of the bad guys are ever given a name. Yep, they're all none just, of them. And I and I'm kind of okay with that. Like, well, if it's a prequel, it has to. Uh, be. Sorry, Ravage. I think is the only, only bad one, guy yeah. we were given a name. And we know Soundwave, Soundwave. So, but all the Gen is One it? people, the intent is to recognize them. Yes, yeah. right. The the ones that we saw, but they're the the two that but come to on the Earth, planet. There was no one you could recognize. Like I said, the the seeker that came the the jet that came down that attacked Bumblebee when he first arrives on Earth is very similar to Starscream. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but as we established, because to Jeff's point, I kind of agree with Jeff. There's like six planes. In, the, in this in the, mo- in the, in the opening, Gen One yeah. sequence in the movie, in I thought general. I thought a few of them looked like Starscream. Yeah, uh, I thought well, the one he landed on looked like Starscream until that thing plummeted to its death, and I was like, "Okay, that's not Starscream. <laughs> that's not <laughs> yeah, Starscream." Oh, Optimus, yeah. And with them changing the G- <laughs> the designs from the original Transformers movies, like you could like each Transformer looked distinctly different. Mm-hmm. The problem with the G One series is that. They look very similar. Bumblebee actually has one of the most drastic changes from the G1 yeah. uh, style. Like drastic. Like really drastic. Because he looks more like Bumblebee from the original 2007 line of movies, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is a causal tie between the two of them. I thought Optimus um, looked fantastic. The, the, the new Optimus look is nice. The sequences on on Optimus uh, on a Cybertron look great. I, I loved those. Um, I lament the fact I never got to see him transform. You're probably happy that didn't happen because I may have seized. Um, <laughs> when, when, like to see a big screen Optimus Prime transform. You you were uh, at the end. You were like transform, transform. That's all transform, I wanted. I was, like, transform, transform, transform mm-hmm. Optimus, transform. That's all I wanted. Um, so positives from this film. Uh, I I actually cared about the humans. It's the best human storyline in any Transformers movie so far. 100%. Like, the characterizations, the emotional investment. Um, The first movie, I think, did an okay okay job. Not a great one. Uh, I thought the Sam Witwicky family parts were funny, but they were so over the top at times that they just didn't resonate well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Shia LaBeouf has, you know, his moments. But overall, I, I just don't, I don't feel like they landed as yeah, much i agree um especially and, and i he's feel like, like spastic at times mm-hmm. which is is the character he plays and that's fine but it's comedic it's not emotionally investing exactly like, um megan fox is an attractive woman that's nice i don't care yeah um uh, if you had taken Megan Fox out of that movie, I probably in I, I would have been fine with that. Mm-hmm. No offense to her acting or anything like that. She's she's a very funny woman. The interviews she's done are, are hilarious at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the later ones, but the this one, the the character, the uh, the exposition for the the emotional attachments to them, why she's acting like what she's doing, and then the family scenes were just. I don't know if it was because of the 80s thing or 
just the way they were done. The little brother stuff I thought was a little bit weird, but yeah, like the interaction with the stepdad, yeah. great. Oh my god, it smile! Was like, right, I got you this gift, and it's from the heart. And then it's like, hey, you should smile more. Self help book. Such a passive aggressive gift. Yes. Uh, and but it, it, like you could tell, it came from a good place. What good he place. thought was a good place. right, yeah. especially later in the movie, when you're like, no, I'm. I like he's like I'm actually trying here. Yeah, um, and like he's the one defending her in all the interactions. Not her mom. He's like, look, I stole things when I was a kid too. Yeah, when you look at it, yeah, yeah. Like he's putting up the fight for her, and she arguably treats him pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I, I really liked I really liked those moments. I like I like the way the movie uh handled that. Um I, I also like the way like it leaned into the eighties hard. And some of it was bordering on uh come on, but they never crossed that line for me. Where I was like, nah, this is too much. I um this is I can't believe I'm I'm saying this. <laughs> uh I have to applaud the writing in the movie. Well, that's right. Like, yeah, it's writing was really, it's like the highlight mm-hmm. of the movie. The history with her dad, the the diving meets, mm-hmm. and all of that coming back later in the film. Mind you, the, the dive that, into that the was water little, was, Irresponsible. It was forced intentionality, and it really only revealed what we already knew, which was that Bumblebee was alive. Yep. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, one, fl- diving into turbulent water with debris yeah it's reckless it's just, is worse than diving into turbulent water off a cliff it's ar- with much worse like a ship just crashed in there she doesn't know what's in there there's floating like transformer parts like yeah. if she had hit the like it doesn't matter how perfectly she hit the water if there had been a random piece of debris where her head was she'd be dead she'd be dead mm-hmm. so or, or knocked out or bleeding or yeah. i don't know but she dives in and like she Rescued. doesn't have to repair bumblebee like bumblebee's uh, just fine he, she just kind of like strokes bumblebee's che- cheek and then bumblebee takes them both to the surface like yeah. it it that that is that is probably the worst scene to me. One, it forced the diving issue, which I didn't think was relevant. Yeah. I, well, it was relevant. But it was it, relevant, it, but it, it, I would have there liked was to, no effect for the cause. I would have liked to have seen like a credit montage that showed her diving. Like afterwards, yeah. Right, yeah. like something during the post-credits, like like Polaroid photos of like her at a dive, like her in a diving like competition. Like she started to like, dive again, yeah. Right, just something that showed that she had moved on. Yeah. Like. Well, that's um, the, the purpose of the car showed that. Right, the Chevy car, and I—that's that and, was and a great scene. Then that's great, but then we don't need the dive. The the but they did they did the dive to show that she was moving on for Bumblebee, yeah. and I I was that was like, the beginning of her progress, yeah, right? Yeah. And then that showed. I that understood she was the emotional. dive. I just hated that there was no. It was there it was, was no tension. Forced. It was after a contrivance. Yeah, it was a contrivance. She didn't yeah. need to dive. Bumblebee was going to come out of the water thirty seconds later anyway. Well, even that, like, there, like, it wasn't smart to dive. Yes, like, there's yes. so many things. The reason why that dive scene shouldn't have happened. Yes, and it was forced. If there is no danger, right, why it dive? Was, it was forced to show. It was forced. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I get it. Why they put it in there for Again, an emotional tie to the beginning of the film? But. To the fact that she's moved on, emo- like not let go, but been, she's been she's able to reconcile her emotions. That, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, to move on, but let's let's talk about and the big question on our minds is <laughs> what did we all think of John Cena? 
I thought he did okay. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, if you don't right. think too hard about John Cena being John Cena, it's fine. I mean, he had one of the best lines in the movie. Oh, yeah. The, They're literally named Decepticons. That doesn't seem weird to anyone. That doesn't raise any red flags for anyone. I love that line. It's just in the meeting. And they're like, yeah, we should totally work with these people. And it was just like, come on. They're named, I thought his humor. named Decepticons. Does that not raise any like red he, flags he for wound up, it, he, it, he was a smart, he was a dumb, smart guy. Like, uh, like um, there are times when he was intelligent and times when he was real dumb. My only issue was that his humor... Um, was not to scale for how serious they made the intro seem. Yeah. With the attack on the base, and then he's got the giant scar on his face, and he's he's the human bad guy, but he's got all these things that like he's he's got humor in the film. So it's there's a little bit of a disparity in his character that I think like he acted the role that they wanted him to play. I just think like he was portrayed so heavily as the villain and he has like really villainous moments too. Like he, uh, he, uh, when he and the, the major, the Colonel are standing in the office and the Colonel goes, uh, you know, once we learn how to locate them, I want you to kill them all. And he goes, sir. Yes, sir. But other than that, like he shows up and he, he gives the orders and then he, he turns, he has a he has a turn at the end of the film that meets the humor that we've gotten throughout it. It's like it's like two separate characters. Is yeah, pretty much what I, it is. I, I pretty um, much would have been better if they had John Cena as the bad guy and had a secondary character as the humor. Uh, I think there's there's ways to do both. Well, the the pro, the the problem has that it was it was too abrupt. Yeah. So there you was, see him. There were multiple flip flops, like in one instance. You see yeah. him joking with his friend, and that's great. Um, then he sees Bumblebee. Then and Bumblebee he turns crash lands, and then he turns into like a, he goes like hardcore soldier mode. I would have liked, or if they had shown that that was a personality trait of his, like he's able to turn that flip on really on and off. Like yeah. I would have liked to his friend to be like, it's really creepy how you can go from like hardened killer to like making these kind of stupid ass jokes really quickly. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, just justify that as a character trait instead of it just like you said. It almost feels like one scene is one character and another scene is another. Yeah, it's um, too jarring and. They they it, it's like flipping pages in a book rather than transitioning naturally between them. It's just like one page is one John Cena. One page is another John Cena. And you're right. I think they he played the character they asked him to. Yeah. Um, it's just it. Uh, it's too jarring of a transition between the two modes. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, if they had just said that that was a character trait, of because his, then he has that Decepticon line. Yeah. Funny line. Everyone in the theater laughs. And then he's brooding in the in the same office when he gets to go ahead to kill the Decepticons. And then he shows up uh, to the base where they fire the the harpoons, which I didn't think that the army used harpoons in the 80s. But whatever. Uh, they fire harpoons at. How uh, is he going to catch Free Willy? Yeah. Uh, they they fire these at Bumblebee and he's this villain. And then he at the at the end he has the hey soldier the the salute and he does the and that was know, the, that the was abrupt too yeah yeah and it's just it's it's like a it's like a peak and valley like adventure with John Cena's character where I enjoyed his humor more than I enjoyed him being the bad guy but I understood why he was the bad guy so I'm like I'm along for the roller coaster ride with him and I never really um, get an opportunity to enjoy it Logan um, the Reavers the guy who led the Reavers funny. Bad guy made sense with the transitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good example. 
like military. But he was like he was he was deceptively sinister is yeah, what he yeah, was yeah. in Logan. He has that conversation in the in the back. You know he's the bad guy, but it's a genuine like, oh yeah, I I know all about you, Logan. I've 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 read the books. I've I've learned all about you. Uh, but I mean, like that's a good example of like a pivot. That, yeah, yeah, like yeah. or a yeah. transition rather than a pivot. Yeah. yeah, like where he has the funny joking conversations, but like it makes sense. Like that Decepticon lines when you go like if it had been more, um, we should kill them all. Their name is Decepticon. Is that not raising any red flags for you people? Yeah, like there's humorous and then there's frust- frustrated at lack of action, and the intro made me think that that's what his character was going to be was no one is acting on the dangers that these things pose. No one is eliminating them from the board. If I have to do it myself, that's what I would expect it to do. But along the way, there's all these humorous moments where I'm like, this change with the parents in the house where it's just like weird, like it, where he's going back and forth with them. Yeah. And it's and he goes, yeah, I stole things when I was a kid. And they go, yeah, we know. Hmm. Like, it's a funny line, but I don't know if that funny line is equipped for the character that I saw get blown up by a Transformer with a giant scar on his face at the beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's what I said. Like, I just need, I want them to show that as a character trait. Mm-hmm. And if that yeah. is, show me it's a character trait. Yeah. yeah. Or or make him one or the other. So yeah, so I, I, it's an interesting disparity between. I think it uh, also, uh, as far as humor is concerned, we also had one of the funniest prankings by a transformer ever, uh, which was the egg and toilet paper scene. Well, uh, yeah, that escalated quickly. Yes, because the toilet like, paper is unnoticed and the egg he stomped on. So <laughs> that went um, from zero to one hundred very quickly. Yeah. I just liked it when he took all the eggs, he patted down on the top, and he was like rubbing them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yet another. Uh, I'm very excited. It is yet another Transformers film that had to have an overtly attractive teenager in the film. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. We can't seem to go. Well, they're not going to make a blockbuster movie that has okay-looking people in it. No, I mean like it's over-sexualized. Over, there's, I think, the better over-sexualized. Are we talking about the boy? We're, ta- we're talking about the prep girls. The, yeah. Oh, the prep girls. Yeah. Well, I, that's very eighties, though. Like, like very, I guess like it very is, much with the cleavage and the cleavage. That's, that's, that's like a heavy eighties. You can thing. see. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a scene where you can see up uh, the girl's skirt when she turns around in the car uh, when they're still at the at the carnival, mm-hmm. and the boy has the shirt off and they're standing in front, and then they go to get in the car. Maybe um, I don't. I don't remember. I but it was just to like that. I was sitting there, and I'm like, it's 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 not even like. It's not as overt as, as what Michael Bay did, but we can't seem to lose it in the film. Like it's yeah. it has to be there for the sake of it being there. The idea of having an over overly attractive teenage individual. Luckily, it wasn't the main character. Yeah, luckily, Luck, yeah. I think that is the positive of the of the. But I mean, film the, is the film is comfortable not overly sexualizing the main character because that's not the point of the main character. I'm not, I didn't. I didn't see that. I, I'll agree. It wasn't overt enough that it, that I really noticed it. But again, I I just I I don't really pay attention to much that has nothing to do with the Transformers. And the Transformers <laughs> movie. So Agreed. I try I try to pay attention to as much as I can. But it's usually just being like, when's the next transformation? That's who's going to transform. Michael Bay has had on you in 
Well, I, you've been able to mean, ignore all of the Michael Bayness. That's mostly me in any movie and for the any, most part. Yeah. Like I don't really wait. You're saying there's transforming here. I will only focus on. I will that. only focus on the transform. Um, well, and Michael Bay movies, though, that was what mattered. He said, like, I can have really good looking transformers in some of the movie. Or I can have okay-looking Transformers through a good part of the movie. And so he said, like, everyone's like, why are there so many human elements in a Transformers movie? And he's like, well, Optus Prime looked really badass, right? Yes, he did. That's why. Like, we spent all of our CG button budget on a very small amount of the movie. Um, Tell that to, uh, what's his name, Travis Henry or Travis Scott, the uh, director of the film. Uh, Travis Knight. Travis Knight, thank you. Phone died. Uh, he, 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 they did a great job. Yeah, with this film, it is uh, it is unapologetically Transformers. They don't give a shit if it's in the daytime. They don't care if it's at nighttime. They they said we can give you great looking Transformers in a great film. You want them at night? It you want possible. them? You want them at the daytime? You they want two of them at a time? They even recreated the uh, the uh, the power plant scene from the first film with. Um, uh, Bumblebee and uh, uh, who's the police car? Barricade. And the barricade fighting in the uh, fighting in the power plant in the first film, where they're running and he and Barricade are fighting, but they're like it's like camera on the ground floor, like they're huge in the shots. Oh, when you're following the girl, when you're following the, the girl running yeah, through the docks, yeah, yeah. they recreated that scene. It looked fantastic. It was much better done. Like it was you could so add, much better. I the, could see what was happening. And, one and, of the things I disliked about Michael Bay's fight scenes is that you can't tell what's happening half the time. It's mean, just like swirling pieces Cybertron of metal at the beginning. Uh, that that first to me of felt all, like a better rendered war for Cybertron. Scene. So first of all, <laughs> there's a part of me. So the movie begins. <laughs> it's on Cybertron, and I went yes. And then immediately I got super defensive and I was like, they're trying to fucking give this to me to win me over for the rest of the film. (laughs) No, fuck that. You start your film like everybody else. And you put that later in the film. Don't (laughs) give it to me now and think you're going to win me over. It worked. (laughs) It did. did. Let's be honest here. It worked. Yeah. Watching Optimus Prime just walk through people. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Yes, I'm optimistic. Uh, there were people who were like, uh, in the in the initial scene. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, I've never known the Autobots to lose a fight when Megatron is not there. Uh, that was a little confusing to me. If the idea is that we have a scene that Megatron is frozen in the Hoover Dam in 1987, then I'm assuming Soundwave is leading the Decepticons. Oh, uh, probably Shockwave. Or shockwave. Well, shock, shockwave in the con- in the cartoons led the led the um, the Decepticons in Megatron's absence on Cybertron, and one. Well, they that's the reason why the Autobots fled was they lost the war. So arguably, he might be a better. But they lost than the war with Megatron gone. Yeah. Well, well, Megatron went after. Well, it was part of the fight, and he was leading the fight. But Shockwave continued to win. To hold Cybertron, despite Megatron not being there. Okay, that's what I was getting because I was like, um, I'm watching the film and I'm like, wait, if we're talking about like leadership, I think I would imagine. Are you trying um, to say Shockwave is a better leader? <laughs> no, I'm trying to say Megatron is the better leader. Well, no, I know I'm done better. Like in the in the in the movie, has always the, done better. The timeline's yeah. a little bit weird because they said that they lost the AllSpark and Megatron went looking for it. So we're not sure when they lost the AllSpark or when Megatron left. We know that he got frozen in the on Earth 
long time ago, like like incomprehensibly long for us that we don't yeah. know how long he's been underneath the Arctic Ocean. They found him in the early 1900s with Samuel Whitwicky's father. And then they moved uh, him to the Whitwicky, Hoover Dam his name. in 87. Right. Before 87, I think. Okay. Um, Whatever year they said. Uh, when they built the Hoover Dam. In the fifties, I thought well, when they built the Hoover Dam, they moved the All Stars. Whenever okay. Hoover, whenever Hoover was, that begs the question. So again, another continuity issue. Uh, Sector Seven exists, and they're amazed by these Transformers. Didn't Sector Seven? I mean, at that point, would have had Megatron. Yeah, exactly. So they wouldn't have been amazed or not known about Transformers. Um, they may not. Theoretically, you could tie this in and say. Their introduction to the Transformers in this movie is what allowed them to know how to reverse engineer the stuff out of Megatron. Oh, well, fair enough. So this is when they're amazed by it. They're like, okay, we like the reason why they're pro- they might not be surprised that these exist is that they found MBE one, mm-hmm. um, or otherwise known as Megatron uh, from the original movies. The the timeline, like I said, just gets weird. So we're not sure when they left. Um, uh, I think. Megatron had probably already won the war by the time he left for to find the AllSpark. So he's like, hey, you just keep doing what you're doing. I'll be back. Right. Uh, the Autobots had already lost. They were just a resistance. Uh, right. They were a resistance cell. Um, and in the, in the cartoons, there are still some Autobots left on Cybertron. But again, it's a heavy resistance cell. And it's led by Alita 1, which was Orion Pax's girlfriend which orion pax being optimus prime before he got his before he got the matrix of leadership that turned him into a prime that made him a prime so they're saying all right so hold on here you're looking at the timeline yeah they're saying uh the fall of cybertron uh to the decepticon army takes place in the 1980s in earth time mm-hmm. 1980s fall of cybertron happens they are then saying uh, uh, 2007 is obviously when the first Michael Bay film happened. Right. Which makes sense because B looks exactly the way he would in that film. Uh, here's, here's, these are the issues in the timeline at the moment. They're saying, um, the AllSpark, uh, was on Earth as early as the 1800s. Which is, around, okay. which is around the same time that uh, they're saying, if that's the case, well, that doesn't make sense then. If the AllSpark has been there since the 1800s, Megatron would had to have been there post the 1800s. Yes. Okay. So it's not like a, a incomprehensible, like it's... I always assume that he'd been there longer than that. Okay. Then the the second issue is that in Transformers The Last Night, uh, Cybertronians had reached Earth back in the days of the Arthurian legend. And earlier. And earlier than that because Cybertronians were there uh, since the days of antiquity. They they helped cause the extinction of the dinosaurs. Correct. Um, uh, The big issue right now is when Optimus Prime actually arrived on Earth. We saw his protoform lamb in 2007. So theoretically, Correct. he could leave again to go. But then find lose his form and then have to rescan again. Uh, he could have gone back to a protoform for travel reasons. I don't or disguise reasons. Who knows? 
Um, I if that's even like it didn't seem like there was even any protoforms in this movie. Like they travel in their protoforms. Yeah. Like the ship, they are the ship in their protoform. Yeah. So maybe they ran out of escape pods and protoforms would theoretically be a much more dangerous way to travel. Um, the, the only theory that's there at the moment is that uh, both Megatron and the AllSpark have not been activated yet. So it's completely feasible for Transformers uh, to arrive on the planet and were none the wiser left and then came back if Bumblebee decided to stay. Well, to try to create a beachhead. To try to create a beachhead. they were looking for a, a place to go. But the entire point of Earth was that nobody would know they were there. Yeah. Like, they were looking for a place where nobody would look for them. And they were still found. Yeah. So, sucks to suck. <laughs> like I said, the, the, the timeline, like I said, just feels weird. Um, yeah. Like, how fast can they travel? Like, Optimus, like, scanned... D- parts of the the went to like the unknown parts of the the unit like the galaxy in five or whatever and that was within like a couple of years yeah theoretically we could theorize at minimum off. it would have to be uh if we're using just bookends it would have to be 10 years at minimum because uh the fall of cybertron and bumblebee landing both took place in the 1980s yeah apparently. so so if we're using bookends it would have to be 10 years or less to get from one end of the, gal- the galaxy to the other. Cybertron to Earth. I would say, I would say uh, in summary, uh, uh, barring continuity issues with other movies, if they are definitely wanting to keep this in the same timeline, I'd say it's definitely been the strongest of the movies. Oh, yeah. I hate but. to cherry pick this movie, but if it is a reboot, I love it. If it yeah. is not, it's okay. Yep. That's what I was saying. Yeah, like yeah, I'm ecstatic yeah. if it's a reboot. Yeah, but I I'm, hate I'm, I'm, I hate I'm to happy. put it in a box like that. But that's the reality of like where I am with the transport. I cannot take this movie as its own, no matter how hard it tries to put itself in a self-contained universe. I can only base it on what I've gotten already. Yeah. Because you're not calling it anything in particular. So if it's a reboot. Great. I'm there. Let's go. Let this be the basis and let's get a brand new series going on. If it is not a reboot, eh, I have a lot of issues. Uh, but I'm I am at the very least still entertained by what it, I watched. It was a very entertaining movie. The the there are things that I've wanted out of a Transformers movie that this did that I haven't seen yet. Uh, and I keep using the example because um War and Fall for Cybertron. Yeah. Two of my favorite video games ever. Um, I love the multiplayer aspect of it. I booted that up recently to try to see if anyone was online playing the online multiplayer mode. I haven't checked yet. Oh, my hope War is that Fall? we for Fall of Cybertron, they uh, they did a um, uh, a remastered edition for Xbox One. I th- I'm, I've been meaning to pick that up. If mm-hmm. only just to play, try to play through the campaign again. Yeah. Be Grimlock. That'd be fun. Um, but... Playing the game, uh, I don't play multiplayer online very often, but I actually played that one mostly because for me, five-year-old me, it was very fun to drive around as a car, transform, stab a dude in the, well, trans, un, detransform, cloaked, stab a dude in the back, and then immediately transform and drive away. Like, mm-hmm. shank, 
Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and Call of Duty became really popular around. I don't remember which one came really popular around that time. And I was like, you should play Call of Duty. And I was like, one, no. Two, uh, can I transform into a car cloak, immediately backstab somebody, transform back into a car and drive away? And they were like, no. And I was like, then I don't want to play it. <laughs> so uh, this movie had a lot of that. And, I, and I've talked to you guys about it. And I've talked to other people where they were the the transformations were very intelligent and made sense for in the moment for when they were happening or we saw like partial transformations where somebody's like there wasn't it wasn't one mode or the other which doesn't make which makes a lot of sense to me because they're robots and we got to see them in a fight use a transformation like mm-hmm. Bumblebee gets knocked back, immediately turns into a car in the process of falling backwards, turns into a car, uses that momentum to make a Yui to then take that momentum, transform back into a robot and face punch somebody. Mm-hmm. That happens. One, if this was Michael Bay, I don't think that would have been as read, right? Readable. Yeah. Like his, no, no, his yeah. movies, unfortunately were not known <laughs> for that. And, um, it just never happened. And I think that was a CG budget thing. Like most of the Michael Bay movies, the transformations are very static. They're they're tra- they're either robot or car, and then there's a pause, and they move between them. Um, the only time I can really think of that was really very dynamic was uh, Starscream in the first movie when he's fighting the other fighter jets. Yeah, he's a jet. They're chasing after him. He untransforms falls behind them, shoots them, transforms back into a jet, flies away. But even that was very static because he was a jet, transformed to a robot, fly back, shoot, and then transform back into a jet and then move away again. There wasn't like a, it was one mode, other mode, one mode. It wasn't like a seamless flow between them, but it's the closest I think in a Michael Bay movie that's ever come to that, that I can think of. If you guys know of one that's not that, then yeah um and every every autobot that had screen time i think was really was relevant like in the michael bay movies grimlock's in it but he's really only in it as a horse yeah yeah it's true um and the the other train rc was in it but you know RC wasn't given any screen time. Uh, Revenge of the Fallen apparently had 50 or 48 sprite, 48 individual Transformers. Most of them were replicated sprites. They just yeah. had the same CG model just and replicated it over. Yeah. And, um, which is, you know, whatever. But the these ones, like, they were the G1s. So me as a fan was able to go, that's RC. Or um, that's Wheeljack. Or that's Cliff Jumper, and I had those moments. And somebody that isn't me or isn't a giant Transformers nerd at least can see the individuality between yeah. those characters and that they matter. Yeah. And that made me happy. Yeah. Just as a giant Transformers nerd. Yeah. Um, I am, I will say it again, I, like you said, I am very sad this is not a prequel. Yeah, if this was uh, a, or this is a prequel. If this, or this is a prequel. I'm sad that this is I a want, prequel and not a reboot. I I want it. I want to be able to move on from the 2007 movies. Yeah, and if it's not a prequel, that means the only the next movie is going to have to be 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 in the 90s. And are they going to set up another love in, like another girl love interest find thing again? And if that's the formulaic ness of the series, I I don't. 
it better be a damn good story. Yeah. Because at no point, again, can you put, like, with this, me being ambiguous around this, B could have died. It was unlikely, extremely unlikely, but it could have happened. Yeah. It won't happen in this. No. Not if it's a prequel. Optimus, Optimus Prime, well, they killed in one movie and then they brought him back. Um, what was it? Didn't they kill him in one of the Transformers movies? I can't remember. Uh, uh, Revenge of the Fallen, he died. Yeah. And they brought yeah, him back yeah. in the same movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, not a separate movie. It's literally it between movie. pee breaks. Optimus! Yeah, I think they had the lines that, that were in that, too. Uh, that movie also bugged me because he got the cool-ass, like, Jetstorm upgrades. Which did nothing. And then allowed him to fly, and then he got... Is that the movie he got stuck in crane cabling? No. No. No, I think it is. Maybe. I think I that's the know. one where he gets stuck in crane cabling. Like, he's flying around, and then he gets... It's either that or three. And I was swore it was that one, but he gets stuck in crane cabling because he's flying around. And then he get then I was like, "You have blades that come out of your arms." I want to say that's three because I'm pretty sure he still has everything by the end of two. And the two he, he flies sh- away at the end of two. Like no, he, he flies did. away at the end of four. four. Yeah, at the end of two, it shows him walking, and he the the jet storm jet parts. Oh, fall that's right. He just, he just he just he just. Uh, yeah. There's a point where he like even shrugs his shoulder to make one of them fall off, yeah. and I was like, a dude died to give you those. <laughs> that's a dude, right? Jetstorm died. That's a that's a dude. Like yeah, you just no, you're just I'm like oh it. hey Jetstorm, I don't need these anymore. That was nice. Bye. I was yeah. Like, I get it. The Jetstorm was old, but come on. He made a big deal about. He's like, I will help you. Like you know, like yeah. made a big deal about giving that to him. I will help you. And then, and then Robin's Prime's like, that's nice. I don't need it anymore. And I was like, that allowed you to fly. Hey man, you suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> even even five year old me was like, why the fuck are you doing that, Optimus? Like if if they're all I need is throw the line that was basically like without his core to sustain them yeah or without his spark to sustain them these pieces aren't going to work for me very long or something I don't care but whatever um, you're expecting good writing <laughs> I don't expect Shakespeare doesn't work I can like hope that for Shakespeare the last so, night tried to so, literally so give I think you I think the, the the verdict is if you go see this movie um, it, you will be entertained you, you it's a, entertained. it's a very good movie if for the long term viability of Transformers though. I agree with with props. They they need to let go of the 2007 film. They do. They need to let go of the Witwickies. They Wit- need Wikis. to let go of the Witwickies. They need to let go of... I don't know if Michael Bay, if he's the one who's shelling out the money to make these movies, is going to let that happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't even a part of this anymore. He was produced. Was he? Yeah, he was a producer. Pretty sure he was. Why? Because like, he's the, he's the Transformers guy. Make him an, an executive producer. That just means he's there. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> Which sounds really terrible, I know. But, like, I want Michael Bay to be in a see-but-not-touch role. What is that? <laughs> what role is that? Silent partner. I want him to, to be able to see stuff but not really have an influence over anything. That's all I'm saying. Long story short, I thought I thought it was good. Yeah, but, I, uh, I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, I, a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, I can agree with. I think 94, 94 out of 100 people will come out of that movie probably happy. Yeah. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I've said it before, I think it's like a 7.57. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Like somewhere around that range, and that's pretty good. Yeah. Considering I love Transformers 1, and that's only at like a 6 for me, like looking at it objectively, that's saying a lot. 
Yeah. Um, like I said, in terms of long-term viability, I don't see if this is not a reboot. I don't see how you can sustain. Yeah. This knowing that we're getting to shitty Transformers movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard to be. It's hard to be emotionally invested in this knowing that it's a prequel. Yeah. Um, knowing that it eventually leads to the last night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Produced by Michael Bay. God damn it. Anyway, just be like, hey, Michael, we like your money, um, Michael, but we'd we like to you. say no to a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and Travis Thing. Yeah, Travis Thing. All righty. Hey, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for letting me, um, Angela Bassett's in this, and Justin Thoreau. Angela Bassett, I think, is uh, the female Transformer. Is the female. Yeah. And I think Justin Thoreau is the male. No. No, um, Craig Griffin, Stephen Blum was Will Jack. That's kind of he only had like one line. Yeah, yeah that was um, in the beginning. Angela Bassett is the voice of Shatter. That's her that's name. her name. Yep. What was the um, what was the male? Justin Throw is the voice of Dropkick. Dropkick. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible names. Terrible names. Um, Michael Bay came Christ. up. Christ. Uh, Blitzwing was the red white uh, F four Phantom that he fought at the beginning. At the beginning. Blitzwing. So okay. not. Not shot. Not, not, not star screen. Star screen. Um, John Bailey is the voice of Shockwave. So they didn't go with. Uh, oh no, that's Shockwave, not Soundwave. Oh, and Soundwave. So. Oh, he did both. Yep. And uh, sue his voice in. Ravage. Uh, star Scream, Skywarp, Thundercracker, and Ravage appear in non-speaking roles. Yeah. So they were the they were the seekers that blew up the tower in the beginning. Yeah, of the that's movie. what I yeah. thought. By the way, uh, before we go, one of the worst. Uh, uh, piloting decisions I've ever seen in my life. They flew up, by the tower, up, up the, the tower, tower, over the, the tower, tower, to shoot, shoot missiles, missiles that went, went back, back down, down to the base of the tower. <laughs> I was like, what the, the fuck is going on? <laughs> Might have been, I mean, theoretically, they could have done that to shoot any Autobots as they were attempting to flee the tower. That's not what happened. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying That's it not, isn't. You <laughs> stop, you stop defending but, this uh, movie. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I would say it's a it's a it's an enjoyable movie. If you go see it, you'll enjoy it. I uh, just don't think too much about it. If uh, whether it's a just don't think or not. too much, yeah. Just, uh, don't, <laughs> just don't think too much. That's fair. <laughs> you'll enjoy it. Um, uh, so, thank you for letting me geek out about that. I know I talked a lot. I love Transformers. I love you all. Bye. <laughs> Remember, you can follow us on uh, Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash sanctuary one radio. You can email the show, uh, sanctuary one radio at gmail.com. That is one is the number one. You can follow us all on Twitter, uh, sideburns, props, prophecy, and diamond jab. Uh, guys, have a wonderful night. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Night, night. <laughs>